reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 to 14, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. To some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else, Jesus told them this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father God, we give thanks for your word, and we ask now that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we may hear the things that you want us to hear, and our lives will be changed according to the direction you want us to go. In the name of Jesus, your Son, we pray. Amen. If you've known me for longer than a day, you'll probably pick up upon the fact that one of my greatest passions in life is superheroes. For as long as I can remember, superheroes have played a part of my life. When I was a kid, I wanted to be like one. I wanted to dress like one. I wanted to run around like them. It started with, and I'm getting geekish here, the superheroes from the DC universe. Superman, Batman and the like. And as I got older, from the Marvel Universe, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Captain America, and all those kind of guys. I wanted to be one bad. When we were running around the schoolyard, playing a game of superheroes, I always had to be the good guy. And if someone did suggest that I would be the baddie, I would cry and whinge until I could be the good guy. And in some ways, I've never grown out of it. As I grew up as a teenager, as I got into my 20s, 30s, and even now, my love of superheroes hasn't wintered away. In fact, it's kind of got stronger. And that may be because there are so many superhero type things out there right now. So many TV shows about superheroes and films as well. Really significant, high grossing films. And most of us, somewhere on the line, have had this experience of superheroes. As I've grown older, I've come to appreciate, if you like, the nuance of the superhero genre all the more. Where I was a kid, it was all just a tale of good versus bad. Now I can kind of see where the two meet. The good, generally speaking, have their flaws, and the bad perhaps have their redeeming qualities, and maybe are the way that they are for a reason. Something happened to them in the past and choices were made for them and that made them into villains. And it's all fascinating. As I say, I absolutely love it. And I've been thinking about my love of superheroes 
in this week and especially thinking about this reading that we heard from the Gospel of Luke today, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Because historically when I have read the Gospels I have always seen the Pharisees as the ultimate baddies against the superhero that is Jesus. Now Jesus ain't just a superhero he is the Messiah he is the Son of God and unlike all the superheroes you will read about or watch in the film he doesn't have any flaws but the Pharisees surely they are the bad guys after all when we read through the scriptures it tends to be the Pharisees who come up against Jesus all the time try to thwart his plans and all that kind of thing they are the dastardly ones and the foils for Jesus proving just how awesome he and his kingdom are. But maybe, just like those superhero villains, it's not quite as simple as that. And in fact, for me, the more I have come to understand the people that are the Pharisees, the more I've come to, well, feel a bit bad for them. In fact, feel sorry for them for a bit. And in fact, think, they're not that bad after all. Let's think about it this way. The Pharisees were religious leaders and they were good people. Their fundamental desire was for Israel to succeed. They wanted to please God and in pleasing God they didn't want to make any mistakes. When we think about the history of the Bible and the history of the Old Testament, we see Israel in this constant battle between pleasing God and not pleasing God, doing well by God and prospering and not doing well by God and being cast as exiles and things like that. The Pharisees wanted to make sure that these things never happened again. And they set structures in place to try and make sure that it wouldn't happen again. Why do I feel sorry for the Pharisees? Because they had to contend with the law of Moses, the law that is given in the Old Testament. And if you ever read through the first five books of the Bible, you can see that it was quite a complicated thing. Let's take, for example, the law that says you shall rest on the Sabbath. What is rest when we think about it? Take a block over here. He is a baker. Six days a week he goes down to the kitchen and he bakes bread. Everybody loves his bread but on the Sabbath he has a day off. On the Sabbath he goes to the synagogue and then he dedicates his life to his passion, gardening. He loves to go in his garden, pot his plants and have a lovely time. That's how he relaxes. Now let's think about this other bloke. He is a gardener. For six days a week he gardens and people look at him gardening and think that guy's a good gardener. I wish I could garden as well as him. He is really skilled at him. I would love to employ him to come and do my garden. Six days a week he works in the garden and then on the seventh day after he goes to the synagogue he gets in his kitchen and he breaks bread. That is how he relaxes. One is working as a baker, one is working as a gardener, but the rest days kind of swap over. What is rest? What is work? It's a whole minefield. 
and that's just one law. So what did the Pharisees do? Say, on the Sabbath, no one does nothing. End of. Let's be harsh on the law and interpret the law. In that way, we will never displease God. So they had a kind of strictness and their desire was not to displease God. Believe it or not, they were trying to watch out for the people and help them in their journey with God. But of course, they got it wrong. And we see that in this parable today, where Jesus uses the example of a Pharisee going to pray. This guy did the right thing. He went to the temple and he prayed. But in his prayer, he basically pointed out how great a guy he was. The guy next to him, a tax collector, humbles himself before the Lord. Now, the parables of Jesus can be read and understood in a number of different ways. But one thing that we can do to help us understand maybe one of the things that Jesus was getting at is to read the parable and look for the point where it all gets a bit weird. The point where the audience who would have been listening at the time go, you what? That makes no sense. Take a parable like the guy who scattered seed as an example. The guy scattered seed liberally around, thrown it everywhere. These people were farmer people. They were looking and saying, what on earth is this guy doing scattering seed like that? That's not how you do it. That's complete and utter madness. Or the parable of the lost sheep. What farmer in their right mind would leave 99 sheep to go and look for another one? None of it made sense. It was the twist that Jesus used to point out the truth of the kingdom of God. And in this parable, the Yawat moment came from this tax collector, the most despised, evil, nasty people in all of the land, humbling himself before the Lord, coming before the Lord and acknowledging his sin, acknowledging that he needed the love of God, acknowledging that he needed a saviour. Which one of the two was more justified? Which one of the two was more pleasing to God? I'm guessing you don't need me to tell you that it was, of course, the tax collector. And therein lay the problem of the Pharisee. They were so dedicated at looking at the rules, looking at getting everything right, looking to please God by following the rules without any compromise, that they lost sight of the heart of the rules. They lost sight of the love of God which was in the law, the love that was to protect people, to nurture people, to give people rights, to help everyone, to provide justice for all the people. They'd lost sight of all of that, cancelling everything out, just in the want to please God. And I look at this parable and I wonder how many of us have got a bit of Pharisee in us. And I say that knowing that I do. Perhaps you do. When we really think about it, we know the scripture, we know the word, and we're so intent on doing things that are right, we miss out on the heart of what God is getting at. And the fundamental heart of God to love. The fundamental heart of God to see us come before him. The fundamental heart of God to forgive us 
when we fall and when we are wrong. Not to point out others' flaws, not to judge because that's not our job, but to see more and more people come to that place of the tax collector, come to the place of faith, come to the place of knowing him and turning away from the sin and coming to follow that journey, to be followers of Jesus. There's a bit of a challenge in it all when we think about it, not to be a Pharisee, not to be that body. See the Pharisees and perhaps question what's going on with us in the context of it all, but to see above all the love of God at work and the Lord's desire to see more and more people come to know him. The Lord's desire to see more people come to the place of forgiveness, to see more people promoted to the glory of heaven. The Lord's desire for all people to be gathered into him and to be saved. Those things can only happen if we too have humble hearts and are willing to share our story, willing to share our faith. And when we see people come our way, not look at them like the Pharisee looked at the tax collector, but look at them how God sees them with complete and utter love. You know, I believe that God wants to move so powerfully in this land. He wants to move so powerfully in Wales. He wants to move powerfully in the UK, in Europe, and all the places where Christianity was once strong, but now isn't as strong as it was before. The Lord wants to move, but it is a struggle if we have those hearts of the Pharisee. When we look at the history of revival here in Wales, we can see that so often revival took place. People were forgiven of their sins. They came in their masses in faith. Then the Pharisee spirit came in. You can't do this. You can't do that. Who are you doing this? Be put out of the chapel for doing that. <gasps> That's all wrong. Then numbers of people coming to faith dwindled away. We must never adopt that spirit, but always greet people with love. Always greet people with humility and see people themselves humble themselves before the Lord. The Lord wants to move in a powerful way and he calls us to be a part of that mission. Let us be like the tax collector, humbling ourselves before him. And let's pray. Father God, we give thanks for the parables of Jesus. And we give thanks for the power that there is within those parables. And we give thanks for the Pharisees and their dedication to your service. And we pray that we will be dedicated to your service as well. But we pray that we would do so with humble hearts, not judgmental hearts, but with loving hearts, quick to love and quick to forgive, just as you are. And we pray for ourselves now. We confess before you that we have sinned in thought, in word and in deed, and we pray your forgiving grace upon us, giving thanks that you do indeed forgive us. And we pray for our land, we pray for our nation and we pray for the nations that more and more people would come to know your love, 
more and more people would come into your kingdom. We pray that you would pour out the fire of revival upon this land and hearts would be changed and humbled before you and a great multitude would be gathered in. We pray it now in the name of Jesus your Son. Amen.